0: Hey everyone, good morning and welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast, coming at you with another episode. I've got very special guest and poetess, Jo Heckett, with us today. So Jo, go ahead and give us a little brag intro. Tell us all the wonderful things about you.
1: Yeah. So I brag that I am a poet artist uh i channel the divine feminine i um i work in loads of different mediums and i uh i follow the goddess so i yeah i channel her and follow her so i drag that and i bring it in every field
0: oh i love a multi-dimensional multi-talented creative tapping in through the goddess i love it so much So you're going to treat us to some poetry do you want to go ahead and kick it off yeah i will the first poem
1: i want to read is called juno moneta and um, i'm going to give a very little intro because juno moneta was a roman goddess and they she minted money in her temple and so this poem was written it's about what would money be like if it was the feminine life
0: force. Ooh, so I use, so there's, I love that.
1: there's one phrase I use that I'm gonna just let you know what it is beforehand, and that's logos. So the power of logos is the power to, to bring things into life by speaking them. Mm. So to make things manifest by by speaking them in words. So that will come up in here. So it goes like this. Juno Monetta coins tumble from my lips as pleasure speaks a golden dragon uncurls in my belly i feel her fire draw me down she says give me voice i weave worlds with my words ice crystals hang in the air diamond dust the power of logos I speak. My dreams of God filled with her snakes, I enchant, I incant, I spell. I've been burned for less. Coins tumble from my lips, pearls spill from my throat. Where's the harm? I have no weapon, no war, no fight. Coins tumble from my lips, rubies, sapphires called by my tongue. My song brings life, recreates all things. Coins tumble from my lips. Pray that I speak your name.
0: Ah, oh, that is so beautiful and powerful. It reminds me of when I first was in my very first coaching container, we were doing the energetics of money. And I had this big breakthrough moment where I had always viewed money as masculine and I sort of recoded it into feminine green energy. And that just really like came through in your words. So powerful. And I love the way that you performed that with such presence. Thank you. Yes. So tell us a little bit about who you are and your poetry journey. Like, how did you become the artist that you are?
1: It's really quite interesting. So I, um, I've always thought of myself as a visual artist. Uh, I've made art all my life. I spent quite a few years. I had more of a kind of um, gift-based business craft business and then I kind of jumped sideways about four years ago and and came back to fine art and I I started really going back to a lot of the things that had interested me before to do with like the ancestors I'm kind of a pagan basically I've always been sort of an earth worshiper and so I started channeling that back through like um, I'm really fascinated with prehistoric culture um, and earth worship and goddess and um, I started channeling that back through my art and then like I've written poetry for years and years and years, but I suddenly started getting this urge to read it to people. So I started, I kind of had reignited my writing and I started reading it and read just randomly to people and it just grew. And then I realized that I, because I also used to be a massage therapist and healer and I use my voice a lot for meditation. So I, ha- I know how to bring people into like a theta state, a hypnotic state and so on with my voice. And I don't know. I just kind of realized that there is something about my voice that can access like something in the back of people's brains and activate it. And so when I put my voice and my words together, it it started having this effect on people. And um, and at the same time, I was doing some some work with Kashyar Banyak around money and so on. And, and I just kind of just got this huge desire to be paid... Not just to sell art, but to be paid for making art. How, like what's the way to do it? Anyway, cut a long story short, I just decided, and I nearly swore there, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear or not on here, but I just decided, okay, I decided, fuck it, I'm gonna do a poetry subscription and I'm gonna ask people to pay me and I'll read them poems direct to their phone. Like no middle person, I'll just read it straight to the phone. And so I just started doing that and um it's grown from there. And so that's that's what my poetry subscription is, is that people pay either monthly or for a single month and I read I write the poem every week and record it fresh every week um and I'm now on week I brag I'm on week 30 I'm doing it for a minimum 52 weeks so yeah that's that's it in a very big nutshell
0: I love that so much because uh when I was in grad school I got involved with like poetry slams and I just thought it was like the most fabulous thing ever to call myself a poet and I've always had an artistic heart. And so to be able to just like, Observe life and be fully in the moment and be in the pleasure of that sensation, and then to like encapsulate it in a few beautiful words and then to just like project that out into the world. I thought is just like the most exciting, amazing, romantic thing ever. And then my uh, poetry slam career kind of stalled out because I totally had one of these failure moments where I choked on stage during the Southern Fried uh, Poetry Slam competition and I never picked it back up. So I've got some unfinished business there. And I love this idea that you're revolutionizing um, direct to you poetry subscriptions, because I think the world needs so, we're so in need of art and beauty and majesty. And I think poetry is all of those things. And I love how you're packaging it in a way that lets us, you know, sustain and sponsor art because it's so needed in our world. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I
1: kind of, I perceive artists as shamans, so I I perceive that we do a role for the whole of society and that we should be paid for that role. yes, for the art we produce, but also for our actual role of holding that magic. You know, like I've written another poem, which isn't one of the ones I've selected, but it's, it's called The Void or How Artists Make Art. And it's about that. It's about how we dip our hand into the void and take out stuff and give it form. Like I spend half my life in um, in a kind of semi-meditative state basically. <laughs> and so then I condense that into these into these poems so that basically other people don't have to spend all their life doing that, you can just hear the poems and then it, it has that effect.
0: And I love that they're like activations and it sounds like in some ways like attunements into the power and I could feel that, um, the power of the abundance in that first poem that you read. Uh, my background is a psychologist and so i've worked you know over the past 10 15 years with a lot of young creatives i have this theory around mental health that if we don't express our creative energy it gets really like stuck and turn can turn into anxiety or depression and for me i'm a master number 11 so creativity and confidence is kind of what i'm here to do and so I'll, I find for myself, if I'm not making time to be creative, it does like squirrel around into some <laughs> seriously negative energy. And so I just wanna say if, if people are struggling um, with any kind of mental health issues, I feel like creativity is like one of the most important things you can do. And Another sort of soapbox issue for me is just, I think it's so important to support artists and to encourage our artists that they can have a successful career because that starving artist myth I think just needs to go away <laughs> um, and I love that there's so much technology um, like memberships and different things to kind of be able to support the patronage of your art. Thank
1: you, thank you. Actually um, I mean I know this is uh, something we'll probably talk about more but I I also call myself envisioner of the matriarchy and um, this yeah. is one of the key tenets of the matriarchy my 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 version is that art like like healing like caring roles are valued as 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 some of the highest paid roles because those are the things that really are at the core of society and without them society would fall apart and human you know mental health physical health would fall apart and the fact that they're they're seen traditionally as well maybe not art we'll come back to that As women's roles means that they've been expected to be done without being paid like as a vocation and um that's one of the things that i and this is one of the reasons why i'm standing for this is because i think this this is at the core of changing the patriarchy to the matriarchy or to at least matriarchy friendly but i'm going for the full package yeah
0: Yes, I love it. And my view of the matriarchy is like, you know, um, it's kind of all of our right brain sort of things, you know, like art and wisdom and symbolism and multidimensional states, humor, um, creativity, all of these things need to be revered, you know, and I think that's part of how the patriarchy has controlled us is they've cut away all of our modes of expression. And that's why I think so many women and men are craving to be fully expressed because we have so many barriers to doing that. So I know for me, like um, creativity, I mean, it's such a vulnerable thing to really um, take this thing that's like come out of your soul and put it out there for the world to see and potentially buy. Do you have any tips for, like, how to uh, be brave with your creativity?
1: Mm, yeah, I do. Um, and it's kind of don't think too much about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, this <laughs> is my motto.
1: Like, like come back to your feeling. Come back to your body. Like anytime you spin out, just come back to my body. And what does my body want? And, I mean, I've had that even as directly as when i've had these cramps and i've done a meditation what does my body want i I saw myself painting these really big paintings and i wasn't even painting at that point i was sculpting and i was like okay my body wants to do that my body wants to paint and it wants to paint big i don't know if you can see in the background here this is the first one i made as a response and that is really big that's about well for me it's big it's like about six foot or seven foot um because before that i was making these tiny little bowls so like that would be what I would say. If, if you're feeling that fear, just tap down into your body. What does your body want to make or want to do?
0: I yeah. love that because yeah. I have to get visions too where I'll just see something happening and they can be big or they can be small. But whenever I follow those visions, um, they always lead me in the right direction. So I love that he wanted you to be big and grand. Um, what comes up for you around taking up that kind of space artistically?
1: um again that's a really good question and and i followed this desire to be like a successful artist for quite a few years and i've it's led me in a very very interesting path and um what i realize is that i hadn't the thing that i want doesn't exist yet and that i was thinking that i wanted success within the art world But I just couldn't bring myself to do it because I found it dry and cold and apologies to anyone working in the art world that's loving it. I I get that. That's my experience. What I realized was that my desire isn't simply to be a successful artist. It is to be a successful artist and change the art world and create the art world matriarchy. So. It's taken me a while to work my way through to that point, but now that's really gathering steam. And, you know, some of the other containers that I'm involved with that are very much around women's empowerment and, and you know, envisioning the matriarchal like at School of Women's Arts and Kasia Arbaniak and other groups of women doing really incredible cutting edge stuff it all feeds into my art practice and what I want to do with my art practice. I don't see a separation between them.
0: That's amazing. So tell us a little bit about how you tapped into your divine feminine. You just mentioned some really awesome experiences. Can you give us like a little story or so of how the divine feminine awoke within you? Mm. i mean it was
1: always there and reasonably active but i think that i i was scared that if i followed it i would be kind of cut out from the traditional channels of success Mm. and that i'd be considered silly and these kind of the way that women are often portrayed or women's ways of being are often portrayed so really I, i think The key thing for me, and this is one of the things I'm I'm going to be teaching when I, when I start teaching, which is coming up reasonably soon, is about embodying our eroticism and the really, the core importance as women and for men too, is to really embody your own eroticism. And that is to feel that in every single cell, your aliveness, your it's really, it's hard to put into words because people equate eroticism with pornography and it's not that at all it's like it's the joy of being alive and that comes through sex and sexuality as well so yeah that's kind of that's at the core really of what i do my poetry my painting my sculpture all of it is that
0: I love the way that you put that creativity link to eroticism because it does make you feel like that joie de vivre and just fully alive. And that's such a magical moment. Um, I know when I read uh, Pussy Reclaimed, that was a big breakthrough moment for me. Do you have any stories from the School of Womenly Arts? Like what was that experience like?
1: Well, I've done quite a lot. I've done, I did master, I did experience, then I did mastery, then I did creation, and then I've been actually doing, working in a kind of um, supportive capacity over the last online course that they've just done, um, like in a more leadership role. Um, I don't know, What what do you want to know?
0: Well, I guess kind of what your journey with Pussy was like because, you know, people who are newer to the podcast, um we do tend to mention Pussy quite a bit and I know some of <laughs> some of y'all get it. You're you're into it and you've had your own journey with it. But like for the novice person who's kind of like, uh, why are we talking about Pussy so much? Can you okay. explain about define it? For me, it's It's your, it's the seat
1: of your erotic sovereignty. So it's your physical genitalia. It's the sensation around that, but it's also a lot more than that. So it's, it's following pleasure as a spiritual practice for me. That's what it is. It's that seeing pleasure as a spiritual and revolutionary political practice and putting it center
0: to everything.
1: Um, and trusting that
0: yeah oh I love that so well so good. I love the spiritual practice part and I think you know a lot of more conventional religions have taken all the fun and pleasure out of life and put so much like judgment and condemnation around it and so I love the interweaving of you know, the erotic of pussy with also like spirituality, with fulfillment, with passion. And to me, that is like divine feminine energy. Uh, so I love the spin that you've taken on that. It's just really lovely. Can I clarify that tiny
1: bit? Because, okay, so this was the missing piece for me. I've always been a feminist. Oh, I've lost my thought. I had it so clearly exactly what I wanted to say, but it's, it's about the. What's happened is that women have been disempowered and disenfranchised. And, and I see it like as if our erotic power has been held hostage. And as long as it's held hostage, we do what we're told because we're desperate to have it back. Because we know we're not, we're not fully ourselves until we have it. So it's, it, as long as someone's controlling that, they're controlling us. That's, that's how I see it. When we reclaim that, when we embody it, and and it can work for us rather than for anybody else, then we're free to do whatever the fuck we want. And then we have the fuel and the power to actually do that. And so for me, that was the final piece was like traditional, a lot of traditional views will tell you that women's sexuality is a side issue, it's a distraction, or it's, it's pandering to the patriarchy, Um, But I disagree. And I think if we reclaim it and take it back ourselves, then that's what fuels us. And that is what frees the world.
0: I love that. And to me, it seems like, you know, our passion is the magic that we're all looking for. And for me, um, that's pussy. So I know Pussy has made me do some wild things, including <laughs> launching a podcast and talking about Pussy every episode. Um, what's the wildest thing she's had you do? <laughs>
1: mm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a loaded question.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I can tell you the wildest thing.
0: So um, out of the wild, many wild things, but.
1: <laughs> well, just to follow her and literally follow those desires. All around the world I mean last year I was in Mexico I was in New York I was in Spain I was all over the world and um just to really trust that like that's that's pretty revolutionary in itself just to trust the voice that says you're gonna fucking love this do it even when your head's saying but well, no 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 what would people say or it doesn't fit with who I think I am or you know just to actually really put your trust in that I think I mean, you know, obviously there's lots of skinny dipping and all this kind of stuff and flashing your boobs, which I'm actually tempted to do right now, but I won't because it's live on Facebook and who knows. But, you know, like um, really claim, really, it's just all really radical, radical self-love, radical uh, all of it. I mean, it's, it's really transformed my life, totally transformed
0: my life. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And a lot of my previous therapy work has been a lot around like uh, healing women's sexual trauma. And so I think in those scenarios, a lot of times um, women really, uh, you know, either suppress or um, repress or, or even object by themselves because of the experiences they've had. They just like kind of cut off from their passion and their emotions and their body and their sexuality. So. Um, For me, you know, doing art therapy has been super powerful to kind of open some of those things back up and get them more into their emotions and their wisdom and their body and their feminine energy. Um, But I would highly recommend if anyone has had that happen, which is so common amongst women, um, reconnecting with pussy is such a powerful thing you can do to reconnect with your own desires, with your own authenticity. Um, I actually finally just hired an actual pussy coach. (laughs) um which has been really magical work. I've hired so many business coaches over the past few years. Um
1: finally, I listened to Pussy you have to she ask who. I don't know if you're allowed to spill the beans or not.
0: Yeah, uh, Leonette She's amazing. Um so, yes, it's been great and I highly recommend. So, uh I think you know getting in touch with the body with the emotions the desires for me it's been so powerful and I think it's the antidote to any like patriarchal good girl stay in your lane kind of messaging that we get for sure yeah and the emotions actually
1: that's another huge area of interest of mine particularly what we call the dark emotions like I I do a lot of practices and that's another thing when I'm teaching that's going to be a really key cornerstone of, of really um getting the pleasure and turn on from all your emotions. Like it's a huge, huge thing for me, alchemizing emotions and using them as fuel. Um, because again, that's another thing, particularly as women that we were always being told we're too emotional and somehow that our emotions are pesky and get in the way. Um, so actually quite a lot of my poems, because what I do with the poems is I each one is, a, it's like a spiritual acupuncture and each one takes a different topic and kind of does this kind of eroticizes, or 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 um, approaches it through pleasure and embodiment and and quite often i will i will take an emotion or a feeling as the centre stone like it might be anger or it might be despair or it might be jealousy and and i kind of i turn it into a pleasurable spiritual experience
0: I love that. It reminds me of when I was in grad school, I took some expressive art therapy classes and I remember this like revolutionary moment for me when I was given permission to embody through art negative emotions. And for me, I'd always thought of art as like something pretty that you would want to make that people would think looks good. And I remember this uh, intermodal workshop where we each pulled an emotion out of a little bowl And I remember the emotion that I got was jealousy. And then we embodied that emotion the entire time. So we did art, we drummed, we dressed up, we acted it out, all the different ways you could express jealousy. And I remember this like just key flash for me where I thought, I don't have to, like it can be messy and it can be ugly and it can just be what it is versus trying to make it like, okay, and palatable and you know, like approvable. <laughs> so art is so powerful. And over the years, I've taken people through um, lots of feelings and, and trauma pictures. And it's like, when you look at these pictures, they are so powerful. Um, so I love that you do that kind of work. Because to me, I've, you know, personally, and with clients healed things that I feel like just we couldn't have healed any other way.
1: Yeah, thank you. And in fact, what I'm gonna, I wasn't sure which was, gonna be the second poem that I read later on but I, I wrote I'm gonna read one that I wrote specifically for someone she asked me to write it for a very specific to write a poem for a specific purpose so I'm gonna read that one at the end of just that's that's given me the uh, made the decision for me so yeah thank you for that
0: lovely so um, I mean like world traveler um, you know energy healer multimedia artist. like how you know tell us more about like your adventures. Mm. So I have
1: a very mixed background. I grew up in Ireland in the countryside. I um, My parents are from different places. Um, I live in London. I, I have a very, I have a traveling background for generations back. Um, and so when well, you can imagine the pandemic, it's quite tricky for me. But, you know, I manage, I, you know, sleep in different rooms in my house, for example. <laughs> I travel around my house in these different <laughs> rooms at different times. Um, what adventures would you like to hear about?
0: Well, anything that comes to mind.
1: Um... Mm, so last year, it was very interesting. Last year, I traveled a lot, a lot, a lot. And I was like, what the hell is going on? This is too much even for me. I was never in one place more <laughs> yeah. than a couple of weeks. I was bouncing all over the place. Um, and I got to the end of the year, and uh, I actually signed up to do another course that was going to be based in New York, and my body just went, nope, you're not traveling next year, you're not flying anywhere next year, you are not flying anywhere next year, and I was like, that's weird, so I cancelled, and at that point, my mum was, she was spending her winters in Spain, summers, in Ireland, and I was meant to be going to look after her quite a few times this year, and I told my family, I'm not going like what it's like nope just feels wrong in my body I cannot tell you all I can tell you is it feels wrong I'm not flying next year (laughs) when the pandemic hit my family were like how did you know I'm like I don't know I just knew 2020 was not going to be traveling so yeah I don't know that's that's my I guess that's my travel story
0: I had a similar experience where my intention for 2019 was to travel as much as possible. And we did indeed do that. <laughs> um, and I feel like, yeah, the goddess was whispering that, uh, you know, 2020 was a little bit about staying put. Do you have any divine feminine interpretations of like, what the hell is happening this year?
1: Um, I, I do. And I don't. So I was in Ireland for a few months in the summer looking after my mom and I, I got a very strong feeling that we need to ground down so one of the downloads i got last year was that the earth really needs people to reconnect that the reason why so many just that that the earth really needs people to reconnect So that the the earth really needs us to reconnect and ground down. And so I'm making sure I do that, even though now I'm back in the city. And that would be my one thing that I would say to everyone, because there's so much crazy information out there, like so much, whatever, whatever's going on, it's like this vortex of stuff. And that, that what's really, really important is to feel into your body and connect your body to the living earth. And just do that over and over and over. So that's that's really the thing that I would, um, that I would say that's what's keeping
0: me there. Yeah, I think that's such an amazing advice, and I always need the reminder to ground down. Um, I really feel like the biggest part of like the matriarchy rising is really reconnecting with the earth because she is the feminine, and so to really care about our environment, to be back kind of in a more tribal vibe where we're in communities where we're outside where we're able to do what we want like I feel like that is um, part of the energy that's coming back through this uh, portal that we're all in Um, we had as we're taping this the uh, Gemini eclipse was on Monday and that was definitely I think part of the portal opening into this new time, 2021. And I know for me, ever since 2012, I've really been following what i would call sort of the beginning of the divine feminine revolution although obviously she's been around for a long time um but really where she's gonna be the dominant energy and i just am like i can't even believe that we're towards the end of 2020 and it's about to happen what do you think we're in store for for 2021 and beyond like if you could wave a magic wand and kind of re-envision the society divine feminine inspired rule what would that look like Mm.
1: Well, in an early part of the pandemic, I went from the idea of the matriarchy as a an idea to to this strong feeling that it can be an actual thing in the physical world, and so i've spent the, I've spent this time envisioning that, so making decisions based on how would this be like if it was matriarchal. How would I behave if this was the matriarchy? How would how would this business run if we ran it from a different set of perspectives? How would I interview this person? All these different things. And so I suddenly realized it's almost 2021. I haven't thought about it at all. I have people talking to me about all these scary things that this is gonna happen. And I thought, what I really want for 2021 is to free my desires and let them rise unbidden, regardless of whether logic tells me they can happen or not. Mm -hmm. And so I started feeling into that, what I desire for 2021. I desire magic. I desire wildness. I desire to call in the matriarchy. I desire to continue to connect more and more with other women that are also doing that. Um, I desire to have fun in real life, to meet people in real life. Um, and I desire to swim in the ocean so badly, um, amongst other things. But for 2021, my feeling is it's gonna be transitional, still, um, and my f- again that it's really important like envisioning is really really important part of our role in our job like if you can envision it it can happen and so to not limit ourselves to oh i will only envisage what i think will happen it's the opposite it's let me envisage it and then i know it can happen right so I don't know if that answers your question or not.
0: It does, it's a beautiful way to actualize things. And I think that's another feminine power technique is to use visualization um, to really dream it into being. Um, So I love that a lot. Um, So I know you wanna do another poem. Um, Does it feel like a good time? Is there anything else that you wanna share?
1: No, that's good. Could I be greedy and do two?
0: Yeah, do as many as you want
1: great so then i'm gonna do this other one about success because this is based on the this is so this is in response to the fact that all our systems have been shaped around men and that this is like a hidden part of the architecture that we don't realize and as women we strive and strive and strive and we're like oh fuck, what's wrong with me i never get it right it doesn't feel right and that's because it's not shaped around you and that's why we need to reshape it all so this one is called success it goes like this the door of success is not shaped like me it wasn't made for me for my rolling hips my multi-hued emotions my earth felt dreams I have tried. I've bound my breasts, sobered my clothes, lowered my voice, padded my shoulders. But the door of success is not shaped like me. I've twisted my knowledge, squeezed my thoughts, pushed my talent into too tight shoes. But the door of success is not shaped like me. It wasn't built for me. It's a miracle I even found it, clothed as it was in cigar smoke and smells of whiskey and sweat. I've looked through to the other side, but the door of success is not shaped like me. And even though I have found it, I still decline your kind offer to allow me an honorary achievement for a lifetime's work. I decline to give up my exquisite joys for paper promises. I decline to add my service to the bricks that pave its path. Because my success is sipped from iridescent glasses, licked slowly before being devoured. My success is slow and lazy, wild and fervent, damp and cool and soft. My success tastes of plump, plums and wild honey, guarded fiercely by stinging bees. My success caresses and pleases, calls my name in its sleep, wants me in its arm. My success comes when it is ready, and not before.
0: Oh, I love that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, sometimes she makes us wait. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's a little pun wordplay at
0: the end. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much. And it it, it does feel like such a powerful transmission. Um, I had this image of, you know, just like a door. And then when you were really describing all the different um, aspects, it just was one of those moments where like you flip the script, you know? And so I can definitely feel that activation there and super empowered and I love your voice and your expression.
1: So you can imagine if you're getting these poems week after week after week it really builds up and so because I'm I deliver them as an audio you can listen to them as many times as you like and they're short so you can listen to them before bed you can listen to them when you're meditating and it, it really over the weeks it really really builds up it really starts to change things in a in a a very pleasurable and easy way, right?
0: I can feel that, it goes deep for sure. So I have one more,
1: and um, of course, if anyone watching this or listening wants to have these poems regularly, wants to be in my subscription, I wanted to offer them to have double poems. For the first month so instead of one a week they're gonna get two a week so I know at the end you're gonna you're gonna put how people can do that or I'm gonna say how people can do that. Maybe I'll tease and just leave it right at the end. But um I'll let people know how they can sign up. But yeah anyone that does sign up of your of your followers or your listeners will, will get double poems for a month. So. double the activation. Double the activation and people can sign up for a single month or ongoing as a subscription either.
0: Well, what kind of transformations have you seen when people experienced your poetry? I mean, I'm feeling transformed already.
1: <laughs> I think, like, I've, I've got a couple of people who are um, creatives, and they say it really helps to release their creativity and to open that channel. Um, I've had people message me saying that it, it transforms their connection to their family, or it... Um, it just brings them into that state of pleasure and inner awareness that um and it gives people it gives them permission like permission to feel things and because they're all they're all different so different ones have different effects obviously like i have one that's called my mother's other life which is every verse is a reimagining of a different life my mother led from being like a warrior priestess to a pirate to like a seductive dancer to all these different lives she could have had um and so that's kind of like a prayer to the ancestors and a reimagining of, of what it is to be a woman and i don't know they, they, people email me all the time and message me all the time going oh that was amazing that made me feel this that i didn't know i needed to hear That's exactly what i needed or yeah
0: it sounds like it's the poem itself is a portal and i love that idea about your mother's other life and i have definitely investigated the idea of like different timelines um and you know different parallel realities where um maybe in one life you're a mom in another life you're you know the adventure and so I just love that concept um and I think that it's like never too late to you know go for it like you said like just unapologetically chasing your desires so I desire to hear another poem are you ready for the next one yes.
1: So this is the one I wrote for a friend um, who, who's one of my subscribers, actually, and she asked me to write one specifically for her, and it's called River. There is a river in me that moves deep and slow. I hear it when I sleep. It's covered in layers of concrete, bricks and rubble, debris of ages. My mother's mother's mother lived beside it, washed Her clothes bathed her children, dipped her naked body in its cool, moving waters, allowed her head to sink below and gaze up at the light beyond its surface. From here, only the sun, the moon were visible through the lens of unbroken water. Lately, I hear the river, even in the day, even while awake, even when in company. Lately, I feel the river gathering strength as it seeks the sea. Lately, I smell the earth at its banks, damp where splashing drops escape. Lately, I see the dragonflies and kingfishers, silver minnows, living jewels among the tumbled stones of its bed. Lately, I hear the song my mother's mother's mother sang as she refreshed her voice with gulps. soups and gazed at her own reflection in amazement much as i now gaze at mine
0: Mm. oh that one touched me really deeply i love that ancestral water imagery it was so nurturing and powerful and i feel like you put into words something that i felt and maybe hadn't realized exactly what it is so i don't know you still want to get your (laughs) subscription That one is about this magical thing of
1: DNA that our DNA connects us all the way back to the first ancestor that we all share in common, Ancestral Eve, they call her mitochondrial Eve. And so it's this idea that actually through this magical thing of DNA, we can, we, like our ancestors are living. Anyway, it's something that can only really be explained in poetry, (laughs) but yeah, that is it.
0: Yeah, I love there's that quote that says like, you're the product of the love of thousands. And I have that like cross on a little vintage wood piece mm-hmm. in my, um, I think it's Linda Hogan who said um, it's really beautiful when you look back at um, all the different number of people that it took to get to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like, epic numbers and, and to see those things like live on through you is really powerful. Well, I've just loved visiting with you today. I mean, what a beautiful—it's morning here, probably not in London, but it was a beautiful way <laughs> to start my my morning, and I feel super inspired, up, um, and ready to go. So, like, I definitely recommend um, interacting with Joe. Get some art classes get some coaching get the poetry your subscriptions you've got all of the things and so I can't wait to see what you come up with next do you want to tell us a little bit more about where we can find you on the yes. so?
1: you can sign up to poetry at my website that is joeheckett.com forward slash poetry if you go to the website you will see it there i'm basically joe heckett across all platforms um most active on instagram really that's the best place to follow i do goddess walk and talks where i share my communications from the goddess um and i have fun with reels and i post all my different art on there and sometimes bits of poetry too um yeah. And then my website has, like I said, you can sign up to the subscription there and get your free poems. And the other thing is that the, I'm going to be doing, um, which there will be links on my website. I'm going to be doing some like uh, virtual, like Santa's grotto where people can book a slot with me and look at all my art and talk about it. And if they want to buy something, they can buy something. So I'm going to be doing that in the run up to Christmas as well.
0: I love that, and I've just been like drooling over your paint brushes and <laughs> paints behind you. Um, oh yeah, video. Yeah. I love a little peek into an artist studio. I just redid an art space. Maybe I'll put some pictures up, but it makes me want to go geek out and buy a bunch of paints and brushes and and really get that all ready to go. Um, so thank you so much for spending some time with us and. Um, channeling the divine feminine energy through your art um and thank you for just showing up in such a powerful way and following your desires
1: yeah my pleasure and i can't wait to hear what people how people take it and run with it
0: yeah definitely thanks everybody i hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you next time
1: thanks megan bye